Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. I must apologize. I haven't been putting a lot of content out there. I've just been sick over the last week. Not COVID, thankfully. Uh, just the common cold, but yeah, really sore head, really bad throat as well. I uh, kind of forgot the common cold existed. Yeah, now it's just like, yeah, you go get COVID tested. It's like, oh shit, just a normal common cold, but it was a pretty bad one and I felt like shit. So here I am now. Today I'm going to jump into my UFC 272 preview and predictions part one starting with the prelims and because I've had yeah I've just been quite down all week there I've decided to just make it a lot shorter this time and we'll see how this format works so I'll just go through the fights very quickly and give my prediction as to how I think they'll go and then I'll yeah I'll move on because this weekend myself and JJ will do our UFC thoughts and comments for the card so we'll sit down before and after each fight and kind of give our thoughts on that. So usually I would have a betting angle, like focus on kind of the betting markets and things like that throughout my preview and predictions. But today uh, I'm just going to go a lot shorter than that. So I'm going to save the betting kind of content for this weekend and thoughts and comments. I'll be running through my bets and hopefully they go well. And even if they don't go well, we'll kind of see how the odds are what kind of things play out in terms of the market do we see underdogs get up do we see what is like the most probable outcome play out or everything in between so a lot to look forward to on UFC thoughts and comments this weekend but I'm going to start with this card first of course we've got the huge main event Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal but I'll get to the main card in my next uh, podcast so I'm going to start with the opening fight on this card between light heavyweights, Stin Jacoby and Michael Olesacek. I do apologize as well. There's a lot of construction work going on behind me. I'm looking to move out really soon anyway. And these guys, I don't know how long these guys, there's so much construction work going on. There's this giant crane uh, that JJ actually has his eye set on climbing. It's a big crane. Every time I've walked past since, I'm like, wow. Uh, that's actually a really, really fucking big crane, JJ, but he, he's keen to go for it. So watch this space on that. But in terms of Olazacek and Dustin Jacoby, both of them, I've only been doing preview and predictions podcasts since October last year. I've previewed a lot of fighters already now that are on this card. So that helps a lot in terms of having a lot of study and things like that already down pat. Now, in terms of their last fights, Michael Olazacek, I got him at $6 odds for a knockout, which was awesome. So he was the underdog. I got Michael Olazacek to win by knockout. He got that done for me. So definitely a huge fan of my man Olazacek. He is also Polish, which I'm of Polish heritage. My grandparents are Polish. Uh, So yeah, I was stoked with that win for Olazacek. And as for Dustin Jacoby, I predicted him to win his fight by decision in his last one. Or no, sorry, by knockout over John Allen who's never been knocked out, and he ended up getting the win, Dustin, 
over John Allen, but it was by decision. So the head-to-head one on that was right, but the decision was a little bit off, or the method of victory, rather. And in terms of the way I'm going for this one, I am going to be taking Dustin Jacoby by decision. I just think that although both men could definitely win by knockout, and I did consider Olazacek again for the underdog knockout bet, uh, I think if it goes the full 15 minutes, then I think Dustin Jacoby will just have kind of the better strength and conditioning and will have more of those wins in those little moments throughout the fight. So in the early prelims, light heavyweight opener, I am taking Dustin Jacoby over Michael Olazacek by decision. So yeah, I think both can get the knockout, but I'm going to go for a close one here. So I am taking Dustin Jacoby by decision. Let's continue to move on now to our next fight on the card. And I do apologize as well. Uh, there was a bit of a fuck up when I was going through the... When I said his name at first, I was supposed to, You know, I was trying to say Dustin Jacoby, but uh, I kind of glitched and it was like... Dustin Jacoby. So yeah, sorry about that. I'm sure your ears pricked up to that. Mine did too. But I was like, fuck, that's like one second. So yeah. We live and we learn as this, uh, as I say, not just this sports report is an unconventional look at all things sport and everything else. Uh, yeah, I say that all the time. What do you mean? I've never said that. I fucking say that all the time. It's an unconventional look. It's an unconventional glitch there. And now we move on. I don't know. I was going to say to our unconventional next fight, but I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but I'm going to jump into it now because this is a fight that's going to be a fun one and maybe one of the more underrated ones that people aren't speaking about as much. That is because this has been put together on short notice, but nonetheless, this lightweight fight should be very entertaining as Devonte Smith takes on Ludovic Klein, who is taking this matchup on short notice with ghost, the ghost pepper, Eric Gonzalez, pulling out of the fight so taking a look at this one we've got Devonte Smith and Ludovic Klein now in Ludovic's last fight I went for him I went for him to get the win he ended up losing to Nate the train Landwehr by submission and that was a third round submission so I was disappointed with Ludovic there he burned me and he also burned me in the fight before that against Mike Trezano uh, losing by unanimous decision. That was after a four, I'm just counting, five, six, seven, eight, eight fight win streak. So Klein was on an eight fight win streak. Now he is on a two fight losing skid. He takes this fight on short notice and Ludovic Klein is going to be looking to bounce back in a big way. And so is Devontae Smith. He's coming off a loss to Jamie Mullarkey. I called that one correctly. Uh, the Australian Jamie Mullarkey is also on this card. And the fight before that, Devontae Smith got the knockout win over Justin James. But before that, a loss that really concerns me on Devontae Smith's record is Karma Worthy. Karma Worthy isn't a guy that I rate super highly with the greatest of respect to him. So for Devontae to lose to him kind of makes me wary about backing him in this fight. And the same goes for Ludovic Klein, who's burnt me twice before. Could it be third time's the charm? Or should I stay away in terms of this one? So it should be really interesting. I do think this is going to be a great fight. I'm expecting, like, especially in front of a crowd, I think this could exceed a lot of people's expectations in terms of the actual quality of the fight. And looking at the methods, now, Devontae Smith, his losses have come exclusively by knockout. His record is 11-3. and three. The three losses for Devontae Smith 
coming by knockout, including in his most recent outing against Jamie Malarkey, and also to Karma Worthy, who, as I said, that loss definitely concerns me. And as for the 11 wins on Devontae Smith's record, 10 by knockout, so that definitely seems to be the way that he's going to look to get it done this weekend. And Devontae also has one submission win, so he's never gone to decision. I think that is a very kind of wary stat in terms of betting to go the distance. I think this one is absolutely destined for a finish. And in this lightweight fight, as for which way I'm going to go with my prediction, I'm going to take Devontae Smith, not with a great deal of confidence, but I'm going to be backing Devontae Smith to get the win. I think it's going to be a knockout slash TKO. Now, when I say knockout, that just that covers knockouts and TKOs. I try not to, you know, get too deep into the prediction and try and get it somewhat accurate. So that's what I'm going in this lightweight fight, second on the card for UFC 272. I am going to be taking Devontae Smith over Ludovic Klein by knockout. So moving on now to the next fight, which is Manon Fior, and she was supposed to be taking on Jessica I which was a female fight that I was really excited for. Fior alongside Casey O'Neill, those are the two in the flyweight division that I really have been keeping an eye on, and I think big things are to come from them. Of course, we have just seen that the next flyweight women's title fight is looking to be announced as Valentina Shevchenko defending her belt against Talia Santos, who has definitely done enough to earn her shot, and now that gives Manon Fior and Casey O'Neill Time to kind of build their run toward the belt. And Jessica I was supposed to take on Fior on this card, but that fight has now gone to Jennifer Meyer, who is stepping up and taking it on short notice after Jessica I had to withdraw. So Jennifer Meyer stepping in for this one. She is coming off her loss. Get fucked. Sorry. Oh, this here, here. I'll read this one. Win an iPhone 13 Pro. I've been getting a lot of scam texts. I don't know if other people have been getting scam texts, so yeah. Uh, I could say, you know, oh man, my mates won't stop bothering me, or like, oh man, you know, like I'm popular. But, you know, people do text me, and I'm not talking shit about myself, but yeah, these are the texts. These are the fucking texts that I'm getting. Win an iPhone 13, so yeah. I might look into that. If I wasn't doing the podcast, I'd immediately click, because an iPhone 13 would be pretty dope, but... I got this premium predictions and I'm on Manon Fior up against Jennifer Meyer. So yeah, Meyer coming off the decision loss to Caitlin Chukagan. I called that one correctly. I really like Meyer, but in terms of my prediction for that fight, I did back Chukagan by decision, so I was happy with that result. And in terms of Meyer up against Manon Fior, I am still sticking to my guns. I think Fior is a future contender of the division, but Meyer is tough and she is durable. So in terms of my prediction for this woman's flyweight clash, I'm going to be taking Manon Fior, but I'm taking her by decision. Now, Fior's specialty is absolutely getting that knockout. She's an incredible striker, probably the best or one of the best in the division. We cannot forget, of course, that Valentina Shevchenko is the champion. Sorry, I'm making a bit of noise just as I pull up Jennifer Meyer's record because I want to just quickly take a look at how many times Maya has been knocked out throughout her career. And she's been knocked out once in 28 fights. So that leads me to believe that although Manon Fior is an incredible striker, I think Maya is going to try and edge out that better performance over the 15 minutes. And that's a major danger as well. 
I do think that could be a chance where Maya ends up winning because she just gets the better of all those exchanges throughout the 15 minutes. But I like Manon Fior too much. I do respect Maya's durability though. And that is the reason why I'm going to be taking Manon Fior by decision in this fight. I think Jennifer Maya is going to be too tough over the 15 minutes to be knocked out. But overall, Manon Fior is one of the main prospects along Casey O'Neill that I'm keeping an eye on in the women's flyweight division. So I'll be definitely watching this with a vested interest. And I'm taking Manon Fior by decision in this fight. So time to move on now to the next one. Between two flyweights, Tim Elliott and Old Mate. His name escaped me for one moment. And then I remembered, it's the dude who won me some money last time out. Tagir Ulan Bekov, my man. Sorry for forgetting your name. I will not do that again. And I, I thought at the time I will not forget this guy's name. I was so happy with Tagir Ulan Bekov's performance last time out. Now he is going to be going up against Tim Elliott, and this should be a really interesting fight. Tim Elliott has been a staple of the flyweight division for some time now. In terms of advantages as well, Tagir Ulan Bekov boasts a significant reach advantage which I think is definitely going to help him in this fight if the exchanges take place on the feet. Although I do expect a lot of grappling and a lot of wrestling in this one. I think this is predominantly going to be kind of in the clinch and positions like that. Although sometimes we do see when both guys are trying to implement those styles that ultimately the fight takes place on the feet. So it could be really interesting to see which way this plays out. As for Ulan Bekov, he is on a five-fight winning streak. So he's on an incredible streak. He's only lost one fight in his pro career. So Ulan Bekov with 14 wins and one loss. Most of Ulan Bekov's wins... Sorry, I can't speak English. What the fuck? Uh, most of Ulan Bekov's wins have come via submission and decision. Six submission wins and six decision wins. So majority of his record is obviously he's looking for the submission finishes. So if he wants the intent then submission is the way that he's surely going to go. Although he has won a lot by decision. And that's the way I backed him last time up against Alan Nascimento. That was in October last year, very early in my preview and predictions days. That was on the Blahovich and uh, Glover Teixeira card, where Glover won the title. Now, that was very early on. Ulan Bekov won me some money that day by decision, as did Michael Olazacek with that knockout win as well, which was a, that was a pretty great day in terms of the betting market. Now with Ulan Bekov clearly looking to win by submission in terms of a finish, uh, that leads me to look at Tim Elliott's record and he has lost five times by submission. Now that's in 30 fights, but still uh, most of Tim Elliott's losses have come by way of submission or decision. So it's very much a case of Ulan Bekov having a lot of the strengths to expose Tim Elliott's weaknesses. And as far as Ulan Bekov's loss, he's only lost once by decision. But Tim Elliott has won most of his fights by decision, eight decision wins. So that leads me to believe that this could very well be a closely fought 15 minute contest and that Tim Elliott is gonna be trying to pull off some of his tricks, show some of his veteran prowess and get the job done over that 15 minute duration. But I'm, I'm really torn as to whether it's gonna be a finish or whether it's going to go the distance. And in terms of making a prediction, I have to make one for this flyweight fight. I mean, no one's holding a gun to my head, but I'm going to stay true to my guy who won me some money last time. I went all on back of by decision last time. 
And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So for this flyweight fight, I'm going to be taking to get... Did I just forget his name again? Fuck me. If he gets the win here this weekend, I will not forget his name. Tagir Ulanbekov, I'm sorry. I've been sick this week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a new setup. I'm trying this from a different setup. I'm, I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just fully going for it. And yeah, Tagir Ulanbekov. I am so sorry, my brother. Get that win this weekend. And I'll tell you what, you can win however you want because I kept forgetting your name. So remember the name. How about this? Remember the name. Tagir Ulanbekov. I've got Ulan Bekov winning by decision in this fight over Tim Elliott. And yeah, let me write that one down mentally right in the brain. Tagir Ulan Bekov. Do not forget. But yeah, I have CTE. Sometimes I see my childhood mates and yeah, they'll be like, remember this time? And I'm like, wow, what an amazing time. Now I remember, but yeah, holy shit. Like I forgot that existed. Totally. I'm pretty sure I heard about someone today. Yeah, I heard about someone today and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I totally forgot. They existed. So forgive me, Takir Ulanbekov. I remember your existence. I look back fondly on your last decision win over Alan Nascimento. So thank you, Takir. And yeah, great, great result, I guess. I don't know. I was going to say good luck. And then I said great. And then, yeah, so I guess great luck. Great luck to Takir Ulanbekov. Good luck to Tim Elliott as well. Respect him highly. He's a great fighter. Um, but great luck to Takir Ulanbekov. Hopefully he can come away with a decision win for me again. And that's my prediction. All on back of by decision. Let's move on to the next early prelims fight now. We've got featherweight action. Uh, now, I didn't realize this was going to be a featherweight one. Now, Brian Kelleher is stepping up to take on Umar Nurmagomedov. So that's a really interesting one. Um, not too sure how Kelleher is going to go. He is one of my, I think he's not one of my favorite fighters, but I really, really like Brian Kelleher. I won some money betting on him last time out. And yeah, I've gone for him a few times as the underdog. I really respect him, but he is a massive underdog. Again, up against Umar Nurmagomedov. 13 wins, no losses. One knockout win, six submission wins, and six decision wins. Umar Nurmagomedov looks like an absolute prospect in the featherweight division. He's coming off a win over Sergey or Sergey, my apologies, Sergey Morozov. That was in January last year, so it's been a bit of a layoff for Umar Nurmagomedov, but he has won me some money, or he did in that fight. Other than that, all his wins have been outside of the UFC, but he has fought some decent uh, competition, most definitely, and I'm excited to see what he can do with his UFC run. No doubt Umar, Umar Nurmagomedov, sorry, I'm forgetting all these fucking guys' names, are gonna do is gonna do well. Sorry, English derailing wheels have fallen off, people. Uh, but yeah, Umar's from Dagestan, and yeah, I just I'm not gonna bet against the guy from Dagestan. Basically, let's put it down to that. And yeah, I just I rate Umar Nurmagomedov too highly. He does have the advantage in reach and height as well. So I'm gonna be taking Umar Nurmagomedov, and I'm gonna be taking him by submission. And quickly, I'll just have a look how many times Brian Kelleher has been submitted. The most, like, the most ways he's lost in his career. Six of 12. So 50% of Brian Boom Kelleher's losses have been by submission. I think if someone's going to be able to exploit that, it will be Umar Nurmagomedov. Now, don't discount Brian Boom Kelleher. I think he's going to put up a great showing, and this could still be a very fun fight. But ultimately, I think Umar Nurmagomedov is going to have 
too much, so I'm going to be taking Nurmagomedov by submission in this early prelims fight. Getting through this at a pretty rapid pace, I believe we've got about four or so fights left on this prelims card as we now move from the early prelims into the prelims. So really excited as we draw closer to this weekend's pay-per-view. Should be interesting and I'm excited to see what fights stand out and it's going to be great as always to have the crowd back. Up next on the prelims we've got Maria Agap Agapova, sorry, Maria Agapova taking on Marina Moroz uh, and that's going to be in the women's flyweight division. So a couple of big women's flyweight fights coming up on this card. That should have an interesting bearing on the future of the division. Now, Agapova is a massive star in the making. She was one of my Kazakhstanis, or Ka I don't know exactly what you call them, from Kazakhstan, in my Kazakhstan theory, which was successful until recently, so I've abandoned the uh, Kazakhstan theory. But Iron Lady Mona Moroz has an extra reason to fight. She is Ukrainian, a lot of fucked up shit. Happening over there, really just, yeah, I'm not about that. Uh, yeah, it's fucked. I don't agree with, like, I don't, I don't really have a place to comment, but, like, I don't think we should be, like, cancelling athletes. Like, I've seen some discussion, like, should the UFC not let Russian fighters fight? Uh, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, this is way, way out of my realm of commenting, but, like, I feel like it's not their decision to do all this hectic shit. I still think there's a place for Russian people. You can't cancel the Russian people. I don't care if we cancel Putin. I'm scared. I might get killed for saying shit like this. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like I'm fine with canceling Putin. Fuck him. Fuck him. He's a fucking egomaniac. But we can't just cancel the Russians in general, you know? I feel like if, if anything, you know, so many Russians don't want this to be going on. So yeah, way, way deeper than I can go into. And this is UFC predictions, not hectic war the world's fucked up pretty hectic though pretty fucking hectic and Moroz is from Ukraine so she is absolutely going to be fighting her heart out this weekend it, it's a hectic thing usually you know fight week a lot of things are playing on your mind but this is just such a different level that I could never comprehend of something having to like play on your mind leading up to this she will want to represent her people and yet yeah, give a real I guess feel good moment Still not really feel good with everything that is going on. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Moroz is coming off a two-fight win streak. She beat Sabina Mazo and she's beat Mara Bueno Silva. Now, both of those wins were by decision, unanimous decision as well. So Moroz, she's going to be looking to go three straight and start to really increase her momentum in the women's flyweight division. As for Maria Agapova... Her name is owning me. I was saying Agapova last time, but I believe it's Agapova. And now I'm I'm just forgetting names and talking absolute shit. Giving my two cents on war. You never know what you're going to get tuned into. I try not to, you know, uh, go yeah too deep into things unless there'll be times. But yeah, now's not the time. And yeah, I'm so far removed from it. But you never know. You never know. Sometimes, you know, you tune in for some fight analysis you get a little bit of hectic life world chat. But back to the fight chat, and Sabina Mazo not just a loss to Moroz, but she also lost to Agapova, so that was Agapova's most recent win. She's won four out of her last five fights, and she's coming off a decision win. So I really like the uh, look of Maria Agapova, and this is a hectic grudge match. Both ladies hate each other. 
that is one thing I haven't really tuned into. But yeah, there seems to be a hectic grudge match, which makes me want to watch it even more. Like I did see Mirage say that Agapova was like a piece of shit, like a bitch. And I was like, fuck yeah. So yeah, I'm going to Google it. I'm probably not, you know, I said I wasn't going to do too much preparation for this podcast and I didn't because I was sick. But I'm going to do some preparation for myself and I'm going to look up, you know, why do they hate each other? Because they're calling each other bitches and like pieces of shit. So these are the kind of fights I want to see, you know, that's a bit of spice. I'm very excited all of a sudden for this fight this weekend. And in terms of which way I'm going to go, it's not going to be for the fighter that I'll be cheering for, but I'm making my prediction with, uh, you know, sentimental value aside and favorites and things like that aside. And I'm going to take Maria Agapova. I really like her in this contest. I think she is a future star of the division who really could trouble uh, some other fighters throughout her run. And so, yeah, I'm going to take Maria Agapova over Marna Moroz. Sorry if I said her first name wrong. Um, and yeah, I think Agapova is going to get it done by decision. She could get it done by submission as well, but ultimately I'm going to take Maria Agapova over Moroz by decision. I think this is going to be a hectic, if it goes 15 minutes, they fucking hate each other. So this is going to be an awesome fight. I cannot wait to sit down and watch this. It's going to have an added element of beef to it. And yeah, during the thoughts and comments, I definitely want to sit down and cover that one because I want to see whether there are glove touches is there a post-fight embrace and everything in between? Is there some shit talk? I'm really excited for this one. This could be definitely one where we don't think it's going to be, you know, fight of the night. But then all of a sudden they're calling each other. I don't know. I'm not saying like, I'm not quoting them like bitch and piece of shit, but that was the vibe. It was like, this bitch is a piece of shit. And the fuck yeah, I want to see these two fight for sure. So I can't wait to sit down and watch it. And ultimately I've got Maria Agapova by decision so let's move on to a fight now unfortunately neither of these competitors have called each other either a bitch or a piece of shit which is a bit of a letdown but nonetheless this should still be a great fight and it does have a major bearing in terms of where their career lies in their respective division it is now time to jump into our next fight up next we've got light heavyweight action sorry as i said i have a sore throat i'm on a throat lozenger at the moment uh, it's Kennedy Nzechuku up against Nikolai Ngamarianu. Now, Nzechuku had his three-fight win streak broken uh, in November last year with a round one knockout loss to Daun Jung. Now, that was really disappointing from Nzechuku. He's going to have the size advantage in this light heavyweight fight up against Ngamarianu. Sorry, butchered that last name. Uh, but Ngamarianu is coming off a round one knockout win of his own, one minute and 18 seconds in. That was the bet that I had. I took Angamarianu by knockout, and he got it done very easily over Ike Villanueva. So look, I'm going to stick to what I know, and in terms of this light heavyweight fight, sorry, throw Lessinger, I think there is a massive chance that Nsechiku wins this fight. He actually is the favorite in the betting market, which I think is totally fair because he has a massive, massive advantage in terms of size and reach, height, probably power as well. But you know what? I'm going to back the underdog here. And in this light heavyweight fight, I'm going to be taking Nikolai Engamarianu, or Engamarianu, sorry, not with much confidence, but I'm going to be taking Nikolai. I think he can get the knockout win. I've really liked what I've seen from him. And so I'm going to be going against the market here. Again, taking the underdog Nikolai Engamarianu by knockout. Now, he's one of the many underdogs I've gone on this card. 
not picking all the favourites here. There are still another couple of underdogs to go as well. The question is, will I be taking the underdog, Jorge Masvidal, in the main event up against the much-favoured, much-favoured, uh, much favored Colby Covington. So a really interesting main event. Doesn't have a title on the line. Maybe it's BMF, not really relevant. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a really interesting main event, though. They've centered that around kind of the friendship turned sour. And I believe it. I believe that they really don't like each other. But a lot of it has been played up as well for that extra little bit of oomph and pay-per-view sales that directly contribute to some money, but mainly money for Dana White. A little bit of money for them, fuck ton of money for Dana White. That seems to be how it works. Anyway, moving on to the next fight, and I believe this should be on the main card. Marina Rodriguez, in my opinion, if she wins here, I think she's next in line for a women's strawweight title fight after Carla Esparza, so this women's strawweight fight does have title implications, in my opinion. Now, Rodriguez will be taking on Yan Zhaonian, and that's going to be a really interesting concept. Uh, I was going to say concept. Uh, interesting contest. Now, the Chinese Zhaonian, I believe it's pronounced, she is coming off a loss to Carla Esparza, who... Sorry, that fucking door. Shut up. Um, yeah, so she's coming off a loss. Shut up, door. Uh, Carla to Carla Esparza. So Carla now finds herself in contention. She's probably getting the next title shot. But Marina Rodriguez, she has been on a tear. 2021 was the best year of her career. And she kept that off at the end of last year, getting a decision win over Mackenzie Dern. That fight was a main event on a fight night card, and I really enjoyed it. That was during my preview and predictions era, and although I really liked Mackenzie Dern, I ended up taking Marina Rodriguez by decision, which is what happened, so I was correct there. And I'm kind of buoyed by the amount of correct guesses I had with fighters winning, and how many of them are appearing on this card. So that makes me hopeful that I can kind of translate that into some kind of betting success. And again, my kind of reasoning last time for picking Rodriguez in that main event was that I believed she is a future title challenger. And after Esparza, then all of a sudden there is kind of an open title shot. And I think Marina Rodriguez is absolutely firming to lock up that next shot at the belt. I think a win here would give her exactly that. Her opponent is no slouch. I think it's going to be a really tough contest. Both women will most likely be looking for the stoppage. But I think it's going to be too close. They're so, you know, they're very much relevant in terms of the next title shot. So they'll both be looking to give the best account of themselves. But I'm going to be taking Marina Rodriguez. I am really high on her prospects. I think she can get the stoppage here. That's definitely an option because she is such a quality fighter. But overall, I think this is just going to be a neck and neck fight where both women are showing their best form. And I think it's going to go the full 15 minutes. So... Ultimately, in this woman's strawweight fight, Yan Jinan, I think she's going to go down. I think I'm going to go down for butchering her last name so badly. Xiaonan, uh, I think, I believe. But anyway, I'm taking Marina Rodriguez to get the win over Yan. I think that Rodriguez is absolutely going to get a title shot at some stage, either this year or early next year. I really love the way she fights. She absolutely grasped my attention with her form and her showings in 2021 and I think she's setting herself up for an even better 2022 potentially a future champion in this division so Marina Rodriguez I believe she deserved to me on the main event of this on the main event fuck me that's a stretch uh you know one day but no on the main card sorry 
on the main card. Marina Rodriguez, I absolutely believe she deserves to be on the main card. I think, yeah, I think she's deserving of being higher than the prelims at this point. But they are where they are. They're still going to have the crowd. It's still going to be a great fight with plenty of eyeballs on it too. So great women's flyweight or women's strawweight rather fight coming up this weekend. And I am taking Marina Rodriguez by decision. And that leads us to our featured prelim. Only one fight left on this preliminary card. And one half of this matchup is an Australian fighter that I've been keeping my eye on. A lot of people really like the way he fights, but he's up against a danger opponent here. So I'm going to jump in now to our featured prelim. Which is a lightweight banger featuring Jalen Turner up against the Australian from City Kickboxing, Jamie Mullarkey. I've had my eye on him for a while now. He is coming off two wins up against Devontae Smith and Karma Worthy after starting his UFC career going 0-2, so not the best start. And apologies, Malaki is not from City Kickboxing. Total fuck up on my behalf. I got too excited there. He is representing Magnus MMA and Central Coast MMA. Now Malaki, I have had my eye on him for a while. Apparently not his gym though. And coming off two wins, I'm excited about his prospects, but he is the underdog in this fight. The market kind of dictates that Jalen Turner is going to get the win. And that's no surprise. Turner is a star. He is on a three-fight win streak. His most recent win, he had a submission victory over Euros Medic. Now, in that fight, I picked Medic to get the win, and Jalen Turner burnt me. So now it's kind of a case of, do I go against, you know, someone who proved me wrong last time? It's, it's really tough. It's really tough in terms of who to pick in this featured prelim. They're in this spot for a reason. This is going to be such an exciting lightweight contest. I think it's banned to end in a stoppage. I think both guys are going to be going extremely hard over the course of the potential 15 minutes. But I'm going to be backing the Aussie. Not with any confidence. Jalen Turner is the biggest test of his career. His last two victories were against opponents who I think are just that level below Jalen Turner. I think Jalen Turner is the favorite for a reason, so definitely consider your options. But I went Derek Lewis against Tai Tuivasa, and I was like, damn, I should have just backed the Aussie in. And so that's what I'm going to do here. I'm going to back the Aussie in in this fight. I'm going to take Jamie Mullarkey up against Jalen Turner, and I'm going to take the Australian Mullarkey by knockout. That is how he has won the majority of his fights. He's won 10 by knockout, so I think he can get that done. Although Jalen Turner, he hasn't been knocked out a heap. He's been knocked out only three times. And in terms of Mulaki's losses, he's been knocked out twice himself, with Turner having eight knockout wins. So I think both guys are going to be looking for the stoppage in that form. And ultimately, I'm just backing the Australian. That is really all it comes down to. So definitely consider your options. If both guys were from parts unknown, then I would be going for Jalen Turner, to be honest. But I'm backing the Aussie. You can put this down as an official prediction on my record. I am taking Jamie Mulaki in the featured prelim up against Jalen Turner. So there you go. Quite rapid picks for the main card. There are only like five or so fights. So I'll be able to delve a little bit deeper into each of them and then give a real heave for the main events like they deserve. So it should be a lot of fun. The main card podcast that will be released in the next couple of days. I hope you've enjoyed this prelims podcast. I feel a lot better today. I was feeling really, uh, really sick over the last couple of days. So yeah, didn't get my preparation in. But who knows, maybe I can work on shorter form 
UFC content in terms of the predictions. And of course, do not forget this Sunday, probably coming out Monday, it's going to be the UFC Thoughts and Comments podcast. Hopefully, actually, we did get it out last Sunday uh, on the same day as the card. So maybe we'll be able to get it out within a few hours of the card finishing. And it's going to be really exciting. Myself and JJ sitting down and going through the entire card. So a lot to look forward to. If you've listened all the way up to this point in the podcast, thanks heaps. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. And of course, follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you thought it was really enjoyable, you can rate it five stars. That absolutely helps with the podcast in terms of growing. But if you thought it was shit, I mean, you can rate it one star or just forget about the rating, you know. But anyway, this has been the UFC 272 uh, preview and predictions. Not much previewing, a lot of predictions. So yeah, really looking forward to the card. Main card preview, not much of a preview, but mainly predictions but a bit more of previewing than today's. So that's what there is to look forward to. And until next time, take care.